It's not easy accounting for each of the $5.1 trillion it takes to operate the government every year, but somebody's got to do it. He may not count them all personally, but my next guest tries to make some sense out of this immense sum. Here with a summary of the summary, the chief accountant of the Government Accountability Office, Bob Dacey. Mr. Dacey, good to have you back. Good morning, Tom. All right, so every year the GAO looks basically at the books of the nation as a whole, and you found that it's a little bit easier to keep track of this year. Tell us how financial management, I guess you might call it, has improved somewhat over the past couple of years. Well, we've identified over the years several material weaknesses which have prevented us from giving an opinion on the government's accrual-based financial statements. And as a result of that, Treasury and the agencies have undertaken a number of actions to address and reduce them. But at the end of fiscal year 19, we still have some of the same weaknesses we've had for, for several years, although improvements have been made. Are most of the weaknesses in the Defense Department's ability to account? Well, there are three major obstacles for us giving an opinion. One was the serious financial management problems at the Department of Defense, but also we have a challenge with the inability to properly account for intergovernmental transactions between federal agencies, and there are some weaknesses in the process used by the government to prepare the consolidated financial statements for the government as a whole. I would think that the advent of the Data Act, which is now several years old, wasn't that supposed to help this kind of thing so that everyone would have comparable information and it would be easier to account for what happens agency to agency? Certainly the Data Act has provided detailed transaction-level information for the agencies, and both GAO and the inspectors general have issued reports on that information. But when you go to aggregate all these together, there are some challenges, like intergovernmental. What happens if an agency doing business with another doesn't record the same transaction for the same amount in the same year? That presents a problem. So it's aggregating the information that sometimes presents the issue, as well as the auditing. Uh, obviously, the agencies are required to be audited, and so there's a reasonable assurance about whether or not the financial statement is, information is reliable. Well, what is the source of these discrepancies agency to agency? Differing financial systems? Different opinions about what should be counted or what? Well, some of the intergovernmental transactions have been a problem since we first started auditing in 1997. The, the magnitude of the differences has come down substantially since then. But at the end of fiscal year 19, we still have material amounts of differences. There are a variety of reasons. There's timing differences. There's differences between when the agencies record the transactions, the same transactions. There's potential issues where they don't record it or record it in a different way so they don't offset properly. So there's a number of issues out there. Treasury has done a lot to work with the agencies to reduce that problem. For example, they have a quarterly scorecard they issue, which identifies significant differences. They've also worked with the agencies to identify the root cause of some of the recurring differences so they can be addressed. And third, as a major area, of the, is the general fund, which they've developed and produced and have worked hard to reduce the differences between the agencies and the general fund. So, again, there's a lot of good things happening, but we're still in a place where there's a material amount of differences between these intergovernmental transactions. A lot of the report seems to focus also on the projected reductions in Medicare cost growth, Social Security, long-term outlook. How does this all affect the, the financial outlook and the, the accounting quality of the country as a whole? Well, in addition to the traditional financial statements that are accrual-based, such as the assets we own, the liabilities we owe, and the taxes and revenues and costs that we incurred during the year, we have these sustainability financial statements. And they include long-term projections of receipts and spending under current law and policy. 
And those are helpful to understand whether or not we would expect if we keep the current policies we have, we'll have enough receipts to cover the costs in the future. So that's an important area of analysis. When we looked at that area, we had one issue. There are significant uncertainties about the extent to which projected reductions in healthcare cost growth will be achieved or not. And so there's a real problem there because of that uncertainty. Generally, management has indicated it's likely that the costs will be higher than those that are presented in the projections, but the extent of those increases in cost is dependent upon to what extent legislation is enacted to ease some of those reductions, as well as the extent to which those additional costs will be offset by reductions in other cost areas or, or additional revenues. So to help illustrate the potential significance of these understatement of the amounts in those statements, the Department of Health and Human Services prepares an alternative projection as a result of that, and it basically assumes that some of these reductions in cost growth will not be fully achieved. That projection, the alternative projection, is about 23% higher than the amounts in the statement. So there's a wide range of potential variability, and because of that, we're unable to give an opinion on those sustainability statements. And in the case of those particular sustainability issues, we're talking multiple tens of trillions of dollars, correct? Yeah, the sustainability statements for the government as a whole project that the difference between uh, receipts and spending, the present value of receipts and spending, uh, over the 75 years is about $49 trillion. What this means is that if we don't change our current policies, debt as a percent of GDP will continue to grow. At the end of fiscal year 19, it was about 79%, and the projections would indicate that in 75 years, that would go up to 474% of GDP. Just to give you some context, the average percent of debt to GDP since World War II is about 46%, and the all-time high was about 106% right at the end of World War II, which came down significantly after that. So that gives you some context of the magnitude. Another way we look at it is a concept called fiscal gap, and that's how much would we need to change our revenues, increase our revenues, or decrease our costs, or some combination of the two, to keep debt as the same percentage at the end of the 75 years as the beginning, in this case, again, 79%. So to do that would require adjustments that would account for about 3.8% of GDP, uh, present value of GDP. What that really means is that if you were to close that gap to really get to that 79% at the end of 75 years, and you wanted to do it solely by raising revenues, you'd have to have about a 20% average increase across the 75 years to achieve that, if you had a, wanted to close the uh, fiscal gap by reducing costs, that would be about 17% reduction in cost. Uh, so that gives you some idea of the magnitude and the extent that we don't make these changes soon, that will end up costing us more in the long run. There are a couple of events in the not too distant future that will precipitate some action, I think, on these areas. Number one, the Medicare Part A Hospital Insurance Trust Fund is projected to be depleted in 2026, at which time it won't have enough revenues to pay full benefits. And secondly, the Old Age and Survivors Insurance Fund for Social Security is projected to become depleted in 2034, again, not having sufficient revenues to pay full benefits. So there are some approaching dates that you should keep your eye on. We're speaking with Robert Dacey. He's Chief Accountant of the Government Accountability Office. And just to bring this all back down to earth on the regular day-to-day operations of the government, are agencies in general at this point in history able to pretty much account for the way they expend the appropriations they get, say with the exception of well, the Defense Department? 
Right. At the agency level, we've had significant improvement. When we first started doing audits in 1996, only six of the 24 CFO Act agencies uh, received clean opinions. In 2019, that number is 22, which is fairly consistent with last year. But the Department of Housing and Urban Development did improve their position. They had a disclaimer last year, which means they couldn't be audited. But this year, they had a qualified report, which said, except for certain areas, the financial statements were fairly presented. So they've worked hard, and that's been a significant improvement. So the only one of the 24 CFO Act agencies that hasn't gotten an opinion is DOD, clean opinion, that is, is the Department of Defense. And so we also monitor about 16 other agencies that are significant to the government-wide. There is uh, some issues there because one of them, Department of Defense, of course, didn't get a clean opinion. But secondly, we did not audit the uh, general fund this year to give Treasury time an opportunity to prepare and begin to implement a remediation plan for the issues we identified in our 2018 audit. I mean, the bottom line here is that there are some serious issues that Congress will need to deal with. And if you remove, say, the presidential candidates at the moment, all of them, no matter what party they're from, because nobody, it's boring to talk to crowds about this kind of thing, do you find that the reception on Capitol Hill for this audit is pretty keen, would you say, when you, when you release it every year? There is a significant interest, I believe, in that. Uh, as a side point to that, we expect to issue in the next couple of weeks our fourth annual report on fiscal health, which talks a lot more about sustainability and, and some of the implications of sustainability and what might be done to deal with it, not in terms of policy proposals, but just some thoughts. Uh, and so that will be coming out shortly, and, and we'll have testimony uh, with, with that particular report as well. So there is interest in what's going on there, and so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, we have recommended that uh, Congress consider developing a long-term plan to address the fiscal sustainability issues, uh, keeping in mind uh, near-term priorities and, and issues. Robert Dacey is the Chief Accountant of the Government Accountability Office. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, yes, it's been a pleasure to be with you today, Tom. We'll post this interview along with a link to that report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.